Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time here, my name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. So we have a lot to go over as always. First up, Bella Thorne and a bunch of other celebrities. Apparently they are making sex workers angry by daring to join OnlyFans. We'll talk more about why. Then sports has gone full political. I'm going to let Liam take the lead on this story because I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports ball. But then uh, Trevor Noah covers the Jacob Blake and Kyle Rittenhouse fiasco. And you can probably already guess what his takes were. Then finally, this week earlier, it was Women's Equality Day and feminists in the West were very concerned with things like the made up gender pay gap. Meanwhile, uh, egalitarians in India were talking about actual issues like sex based abortion. So we're going to be comparing and contrasting the two movements. First up, let's let's talk about Bella Thorne. So she's apparently one of the newer generations of like Disney star turned very provocative actress. I've yeah. I'm not really familiar with her work, but I know of her from social media and stuff like that. That does seem to be the fate of so many Disney stars. It's it? the trend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you are a parent out there who aspires to have their child be some sort of Disney star, I would just I would look at the likes of Miley Cyrus, Bella Thorne, and maybe yeah. reconsider. But honestly, the parents that want that kind of lifestyle for their kids, the ones that put them in beauty pageants and that yeah. kind of thing, those are typically weird people that want to live vicariously. Like, vicariously through their kids in some way at least show parents so, is what they're called show yeah. parents yeah there's something like mentally off with some sorry but it's true it's yeah. one of them you you know yeah like there's have a difference. mercy on your child please yeah there's a difference between supporting your kids in their endeavors and their dreams versus you know trying to i think turn them into a cash cow and exploit them and stuff yeah, like that and or the, even just have them live out your own dream yeah you know? very much so but we've kind of covered only fans before on the show talked about it for people who aren't familiar with it it's kind of like patreon in that you can if you're a creator you can give your fans extra content and things like that but it's become more infamous specifically for i guess sex workers and cam girls using the site it's apparently not exclusive to that you can be like a fitness person or even a political person and use only fans but it's kind of mostly known for for the nudes um so bella thorne she was making headlines this week for opening up an only fans account and we have this story from rolling stone covering it it says since the start of the pandemic back in march most companies have taken a tremendous financial hit but that's not so for only fans a subscription platform where creators sell content directly to fans that has since its inception in 2016 primarily been used by sex workers only fans has seen a tremendous jump in membership since march with a 75 percent increase month to month in new signups that's like that is insane and that's actually really sad when you think about yes. it the reason why all of these new people are signing up it's because they have no other choice or they think they have no other choice there's always another choice but it's feels exploitative and greasy to me well i think the the, the sex worker industry is exploitative and greasy it's true like it's like yeah i respect that they do hard work but i really like it's us it's the men mostly that that create a demand for a lot of this stuff and yeah it's, i think it's a give and take i would never like talk about problems with the industry and only blame the sex workers or only blame one yeah. it's like they're feeding off oh, of, of each course other. yeah it's just a cycle of immorality i guess yeah it says a plug from beyonce in her savage remix compounded with mainstream celebrities like cardi b and black china joining the platform i was not aware of this has only added to its popularity to the degree that starting an OnlyFans account to make easy money has become something of a meme and actually one that's not included in, on there is tana mojo uh, one of the oh, biggest right. youtubers out there popular with the youth she also started an OnlyFans a couple months ago i think she's the one that briefly married um jake paul i believe right yeah but that and was like, like a, a whole thing a, a, 
it like a uh, pay-per-view event. Yeah, but it, it turns out it wasn't actually a marriage. Like, it wasn't even legal. It was just for publicity. Yeah. But they just but... made a lot of money from it. I feel like you and I need to do something about, like, we're not like getting enough drama from our relationship and the views like clearly these people have it figured out i don't know maybe one of us needs to have some sort of secret other family that's revealed in a pay-per-view event we'll see <laughs> but it says now the platform is set to become even more popular after announcing that actor and singer bella thorne had become the first creator to make one million dollars in a single day by selling exclusive content at twenty dollars per month thorne has made two million on the platform in less than a week oh my goodness people are pretty, thirsty yeah. for bella thorne I, I honestly i don't i couldn't if someone like gave me a catalog of female celebrities i wouldn't be able to pick her out yeah I, I I don't know how she looks. Maybe she is beautiful, but I mean she's a pretty girl for sure. I to me, I don't understand. First of all, from like a like a, the morality aside, I don't understand who's really joining these things mm-hmm. because once that photo is put on the internet, you can find it for free. That's how it works, <laughs> right? Like, you, like <laughs> I'm so, it's not hard either. But I guess like then we get into the whole debate about pirating nudes and things like that if you're gonna want the photos Listen, at least yeah, support right. the creator okay but, okay but the people that are looking up that stuff let's let's like morality now we're taking into account yes there's a minority of them that are like i'm doing this for women's rights and respecting yeah i Bella want Thorne. to support her uh, artistic endeavors with nude photography right exactly the rest of them and like their their forebrain isn't active yeah they're they're doing other things. It's just the all hindbrain that's working right there. So, But apparently, Bella Thorne's fr- fans may be happy, but a lot of the sex workers who already were on the platform were not. And we actually did, I think, an entire segment about how the mainstreaming of OnlyFans is upsetting existing sex workers because the, these sex workers, they're kind of like uh, cab drivers, in my opinion. This makes sense. I will explain. Cab driver, like driving people around, it's not really a hard thing to do, but they had a corner on the market because of all of these externalities that granted them some sort of exclusivity. And it's the same with sex workers. Like every woman has the capacity to be naked, but it's only because of the stigma that sex workers have any type of pull on the market, right? Because other women aren't doing it. But now since mm-hmm. OnlyFans is kind of mainstreamed pornography, for for the worse, in my opinion, it's not a good thing. Well, it's like your you, what little sway you had over market competition is kind of depleted if you're a sex worker because yeah. guess what everyone's news are on the internet now and it's like you don't have any any type of competitive edge especially if you're not a celebrity like Bella Thorne who people already know of you have a fan following who wants to see you naked so Rolling Stone spoke to some of these salty sex workers it says the perspective she'll gain won't be representative of what most people experience as content creators on the platform says sex worker Ella Morin I am certain she'll deal with some of the same issues fans crossing boundaries scammers etc but at the end of the day she's a celebrity and wields a large amount of privilege unless the intent is to drive the conversation toward decriminalization of sex work i'll be disappointed so essentially you have sex workers gatekeeping sex work right now which is kind of funny because it's like anyone could do this and it's not it's not their fault. They just happen to be, I guess, more popular at doing it than you've been so far. Continues, the accolades for Thorne's financial windfall were particularly offensive to some sex workers in light of the fact that by POC or BIPOC, I don't even know how you're supposed to say that, celebrities such as rapper Ruby Rose were shamed for joining the platform. When Rose joined, everyone screamed scam, says OnlyFans content creator Savannah Solo. I didn't even hear about that. So I guess I don't not know everybody. who these people are, and I think I'm better for it. Yeah, same. But Bella Thorne does it for, quote, research 
research and she's a goddamn entrepreneur. Sex workers are concerned that coverage of Thorne and other celebrities who make a great deal of money on OnlyFans will deceive people into believing that building a brand on OnlyFans is easy, when it is more often than not an arduous and thankless process. People think it's easy, quick money, blah blah blah, but it ain't, says sex worker Allie Eve Knox. It is a full-time communication, full-time original content creation, full-time being on. And it continues by saying, these celebrity users never have to face the stigma that we do, says sex worker, writer, and co-host of the Peep Show podcast, Jesse Sage. They can just profit off of platforms we have built without enduring any of the backlash that we have to endure to witness a celebrity gentrifying a platform. Yeah, that's a good one. And making obscene amounts of money without acknowledging the plight of sex workers is truly a slap in the face, says Aussie Rachel, a sex worker and OnlyFans content creator. To me, this just sounds like bitterness and gatekeeping. No, absolutely. And you know what? I'm willing to believe that it's actually hard to make an OnlyFans, you know, fan base work. Just because it's saturated right now. Well, it's saturated. Even if it wasn't saturated, I don't think it's easy because you're not doing anything particularly amazing. Yeah, and there's, I mean, not that I'm condoning it, but there's free porn out there. Right? Like, I'm sure most people know this by now. But not only that, but we we have a YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. It's similar and it's all your content creator. You start from nothing. You build an audience. you build an audience, yeah, there's a lot to it, and it's yeah. not easy. But sure, it's like, yeah, celebrities come on YouTube all the time, and they mm-hmm. end up with millions of subscribers. We don't make, like, a social justice article about it. Right. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't hurt us anyway, and it really doesn't even hurt, frankly, their complaints to me are, I don't understand, they're just complaining. Yeah, you are. For no and, reason. And I mean, if nothing else, like, she's bringing awareness to the platform, and maybe you didn't want to make an OnlyFans for just you know, sex worker X, but hey, if Bella Thorne and these other people on it, maybe you want to support all of them. I don't know. It just seems like a very strange complaint to have. And in this world of like, let's not always just bring down other women. You're literally just shaming someone else for doing something with more success than you are. But I mean, moving on in this story, it would be unfair of me to say that there are no legitimate complaints about Bella Thorne because apparently fans are now actually mad at her for kind of scamming them. So we have this uh, screenshot here from an unfortunate person who was, I don't know, swindled by Bella. So on OnlyFans, apparently there's this thing called pay-per-view messages or like posts where someone can send you, a creator can send you a photo and you need to pay to see that specific photo. It's it's different than the other subscription content you get. So Bella Thorne had this post that she was allowing people to see for $200 for a single photograph or whatever it is. That's a lot of money. I think it's her account saying naked, naked, yes, naked, to which uh, one of her subscribers asked, how naked is the question for $200? To which the reply was, no clothes naked. So she was baiting people into paying $200 to see her naked no clothes naked and uh apparently she was not naked and she later went on her twitter to say no i'm not doing nudity now people are angry because uh there are people who paid this money and were under the impression that they would get naked bella thorne and yeah they did not and it's actually worse as a result of all the fan backlash from this OnlyFans has actually gone ahead and changed their terms of service and this is what the sex workers are really mad about so we have a post here from someone explaining the situation that's gone viral this is what they described the situation as being so basically she scammed her subscribers and sent out 200 pay per view a message you have to pay to view claiming it was a fully nude photo set 
it was not. So many people requested refunds that now OnlyFans won't allow us to charge over $50 for pay-per-view or get tipped over $100. And this morning, we were all told that instead of waiting seven days for our payouts, we have to wait 30. The theory is that OnlyFans can't afford to pay her her cut. So now our funds are being tied up. It's BS. She single-handedly effed so many sex workers. And I just want to add in here, I mean, I'm not sure of it, but I think another reason why they extended the period that creators have to wait before they receive their payouts is perhaps because if they are now issuing refunds, they just want to make sure that the time before uh, a customer can request a refund has passed before they actually pay out their creators, just so there's no back and forth of funds being Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. I think yeah. other platforms have operated on a similar basis. Right. $30, 30 day payouts is actually the way YouTube works. Yeah, and Patreon, um, I think as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so that's that seems like pretty industry standard to me. But I also want to point out that in that complaint, they say, quote, she single-handedly effed so many sex workers. And to me, that's uh. like... Buddy, that's part of the job. But I'm, yeah, no, pretty much. So again, not that I'm condoning any of this OnlyFans behavior, these young girls joining it, these men and I guess women who are paying for it. But I do have to say, it was a crappy thing that Bella Thorne did. If yeah, she did actually, sure. and it seems like she did, scam her fans into giving her money for a false advertising. And I think people were mad at Tana Mojo's OnlyFans mm. as well because she had promised like all of these nude photos Val and Delphine there wasn't. As well. Yeah, if you remember that belt, but like, I think that this person did worse than all of them. Yeah, like that. There was a seem like she literally saying said. yes, and then it wasn't the case. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because they're a celebrity, and they were scamming people for money. It's like that's a, that's a whole other level of greed. Yeah, that I I can't comprehend. But I also but to reiterate, I don't understand the people that paid two hundred dollars for an image. Yeah, we are not the same. That's yeah, it. and I mean, just if you were a guy who's kind of being like lured into this, just know like you giving these girls money, they're not gonna love you. They might give you attention momentarily, but it's it's really a financial transaction for them. Yes. They would be freaked out if you showed up at their place of work or like try to meet them every day on the street. And it's like invest time and resources into actual relationships, I would say. And I mean, I feel bad if you got taken in by this Bella Thorne scam in a way, but also... I don't know, buyer beware. Don't trust these these cam girls and these thoughts would be the moral of the story, in my opinion. Um, but next up, we have sports ball. Talking talking about sports. You know, it's very hard to get Lauren to talk about. Even if like yeah. there's a topical thing happening in sports, like related to politics or anything like that, or just social events, it's not possible. It's really hard for me to get Lauren to be remotely concerned about it. But this is, this is different, though, because it's yeah. on such a scale that you pretty much can't ignore it. I mean, I I would love to, but it is it is trending right now, so we will cover it. But before we get into that, though, I want to thank our amazing sponsor, Bull & Branch. What do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? I'll tell you, they all agreed that Bull & Branch sheets are the softest and most comfortable pure organic cotton sheets on earth. Bull and Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and carries the highest organic certification. That's why it is so soft, and I can actually confirm this myself. We have a set of Bull and Branch sheets. We have the blue ones, the like the 
cotton bamboo blend and they are amazingly soft. It's like sleeping on a blend of teddy bear angel wings fabric. I mean, that's the only way that I can honestly explain it. And they don't only have bed sheets, they also do things like towels. Uh, I think they have pillows as well. It's just in general, bedding and things like that for your house. And since they sell direct to you, Bowl and Branch sheets start at just $160. They're $1,000 quality for a fraction of that price. You spend like, what, a third of your life sleeping? Yes. Sheets are not something you want to skimp out on. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month risk-free. So right now, you will get $50 off any sh- any sheet set at bowlandbranch.com with the promo code CHEN, spelled B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code CHEN for $50 off. bowlandbranch.com, promo code CHEN. Restrictions may apply. See bowlandbranch.com for details. I almost had an unfortunate slip-up with sheet set. But I made it through. All right. So tell us about what is happening in sports, Liam. Um, Well, I guess it was on Wednesday that it all began when uh, the NBA started striking. There was a a basketball team, which, by the way, for full disclaimer, I'm basically in the Lauren zone when it comes to basketball. (laughs) I don't care about that sport. It really doesn't interest me in the slightest. Um, But basically, a team didn't show up on court. Okay. And um, they started striking, you know, in order to support the... What's his name? Jacob. Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. Um, yeah. Arrest shooting uh, by police officers. That happened, I guess, a few days ago now. Sunday. Um, yeah, on Sunday. So after that, uh, a bunch of teams, a bunch of leagues have joined in. And we have more on that here. So Fox Sports reports, and this is the only time I visited this site. On Wednesday, the Milwaukee Bucks made the decision not to play game five of their playoff matchup with the Orlando Magic. I understand those words individually as a sentence, not quite sure. But by the end of the day, teams and players in multiple sports had joined the boycott. Then following a series of meetings Wednesday night and Thursday morning, the NBA players decided to resume the playoffs. Meanwhile, in the NFL, several teams canceled practice on Thursday, including the Jets, Colts, Packers, Bears, Titans, Broncos, and Washington. Postponements. Redskins. <laughs> the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Postponements also continued in some Major League Baseball series and the National Hockey League press pause on Thursday's Stanley Cup playoff games, too. Yeah. So this seems like almost every sport. Yeah, actually, much. MLS, also the Major League Soccer, uh, they, they press pause as well. Um, at first, I was proud of hockey because they seemed like they were they kept going, right? Yeah. They played uh, they played uh, Thursday, I believe, but now they've announced they're postponing. I think four of their Stanley Cup playoff games. Um, and I'm a hockey guy, by the way. Um, I played hockey for a little bit over twenty years now, so that's like I don't care about basketball, but hockey I, I enjoy. Um, so I was disappointed to see that they have now also started the social justice initiative stuff. Um, but yeah, it's huge. It's widespread in sports, and you'd be surprised at how much. Um, political pull people like LeBron James in particular, like a bunch of these players have over, mm-hmm. over the political conversation, over a certain group of, I think, um, typically American males yeah. that spend a lot of time watching sports. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like for some people, they are the pop stars, the actresses of, yeah. you know, their entertainment world. So, you know, when you see someone like Taylor Swift speaking about politics, for some people, LeBron James is their Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. I know so many guys that are like that when it comes to like, I grew up with a lot of people that just didn't like politics. In fact, I was one of them. I probably still one of them. If I didn't have to deal with politics, I probably wouldn't. But that's, you know, I realize that's impossible um, just as a responsible adult. But yeah, where hockey is the only thing you you know, you know, you dress in, in the way that hockey players dress with flip flops and socks on 
and you look like a, it's, it's awful and you have to if you miss if you lose teeth you gotta you gotta make sure you never get them back in mm-hmm. it's part of the look but this Painting is the whole a great image of canadians right now by the way yeah well uh, that's what it is but <laughs> yeah. that you know these people are super important and you've seen it spread across like they don't have uh boycotts in in sports of this level right yeah. i mean you had covid shut things down and there hasn't been anything like this for decades so it's a really big event yeah, but I what I wonder with this is that of course sports has a lot of pull, but I wonder why when we ever we have some institution taking a political stance, it's always a leftist stance. Have you noticed? Like any time a big company yeah. and now even just it seems sports as a whole comes out with some political message, it has to be a left wing one. Why? I mean, I cannot fathom that this represents the majority of football fans or even necessarily the majority of let's say hockey players right and i feel like they've cultivated this environment and this is just me from the peripheries trying not to pay attention to sports but sometimes i see it on twitter um i really do feel like anytime an athlete comes out with a message that isn't just overtly pro blm hate trump whatever Mm -hmm. um they get demonized and i think there are probably a lot more people in these sports who don't agree with these messages but they've kind of been bullied into silence which is the case for so many other professions as well but uh now we also have the nba they've come out and actually released a list of things that they're going to be doing differently in order to try to involve more social justice in their industry so we have this from espn It says the NBA and National Basketball Players Association released a joint statement Friday announcing that the NBA playoffs will resume Saturday and that the league and its players will work together on several initiatives to promote voting access, combat social justice and racial inequality and advocate for police reform. What? Why? Why? Like who out there, aside from these crazy activists, was were looking at the NBA and thinking you're not doing enough for police reform. You need to do more. I mean, to me, like this ideology is, it's first of all, emotional based. So it's very accessible to everybody. I think yeah. it's very easy to use some of the arguments that Black Lives Matter uses and levy it against someone who is just an average dude. Yeah. Right. Because you're not going to, you know, it's, it's you're very susceptible to that kind of thing. And if you, you just say, I mean, and these people are just saying black people are being gunned down in the yes. streets. Isn't that bad? And like, yeah, that is bad. Shouldn't everyone do something? Yeah, of course. Like that really is the level of rhetoric that we're, we've reached in some places. And mm-hmm. no, it's not based in fact. It's purely emotional. It's completely wrong, too. But yeah, that's that's the narrative they've painted. I agree. But I also think it's it is the ideology of the elite because it's so easy to virtue signal once you have all this money right mm-hmm. sports you know i know americans don't follow hockey but even hockey players make millions you're gonna have american uh, hockey fans now in the comments yeah there will be some dozens um, of them <laughs> but yeah it, it's just so it's so much easier to go and speak out about this one for social political pr- pressure but i just yeah. think that it it, it is the virtue signal that's it it is the virtue signal ideology and when you're in these positions what else do you have to do you know, the alternative is you look kind of greedy, you look kind of bad. That's the way it's socially seen. In fact, um, one of the things I wanted to mention was um, the other day there was a story about Logan Couture, who's the captain of the San Jose Sharks, a hockey team. Um, and he in Canada was soccer punched because someone thought that he said he was supporting Trump, which I don't even think was the case. But you get the idea. Yeah. If, if you're remotely right wing, even in sports, which is a male dominated institution, typically um Men are more likely to go vote right, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So, but even in sports, you could still get sucker punched if you're an elite athlete. 
That's pretty crazy. people think might support Trump. So here we have the joint NBA and NBPA statement of the things they're going to be doing. It says, number one, the NBA and its players have agreed to immediately establish a social justice coalition with representatives from players, coaches, and governors that will be focused on a broad range of issues, including increasing access to voting, promoting civic engagement, and advocating for meaningful police and criminal justice reform. I mean, some of these are nonpartisan, right? If you want to like have, as part of the NBA charity initiative, like a get out the vote initiative that's fine but i mean like these are like explicitly political right police and criminal justice reform what kind of reforms do you think they're going to be pushing for right and then it says in every city where the league franchise owns and controls the arena property team governors will continue to work with local elections officials to convert the facility into a voting location for the 2020 general election to allow for a safe in-person voting option for communities vulnerable to covid so apparently we're back on the idea of in-person voting it's hard to keep track that's a good thing though i don't have a problem with them I mean, the thing is, I could already predict right now that if mail vo- mail-in voting does go through, by the way, uh, Republicans are going to get gaslit of Trump ones, and they'll say that they're the ones that did scamming. Yeah, that, that's a prediction, by the way, I'm making. And then it says the league will work with the players and our network partners to create and include advertising spots in each NBA playoffs game dedicated to promoting greater greater civic engagement in national and local elections and raising awareness around voter access and opportunity. I mean. Based on how that's written, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're like, hey, you know, support your local government, get involved, blah, blah, blah. These are going to be left-wing political. Like, I already know it. It's already going to be a thing. And it's too bad, I think, if you were a NBA fan, you're going to be having to listen to lefties' virtue signal now throughout your games, it sounds like. Not even sports is safe, it seems. And then we also have these WNBA shirts. Oh, I see. It's seven times in the back. That must have been very meaningful for their several viewers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that the WNBA is basically a political organization that sometimes plays basketball. Yeah. That's the way I see it. I'm pretty sure that this is like this is actually perfect for them because they're gain revenue through all this stuff, right? People mm-hmm. actually might pay attention to WNBA, which basically nobody ever would besides yeah. that. Essentially. So we have kind of pretty much every major team sports league bowing down to BLM. Not MMA, though, at least not not the individual players, it seems. We have actual athletes speaking out against the prevailing left-wing narrative. Colby Covington, who is an MMA fighter? He just fought for the welterweight belt in the UFC, so he's actually a contender, a very high-level contender, expected to fight for the belt again, probably after another win. Um, so, that, but was, he... that was enough of... <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so he said in response to all of this NBA stuff, oh, wow, you postponed your games? Want to prove you're really about change? Quit your multi-million dollar jobs and soft privileged lives playing a kid's game, take a massive pay cut, and perform the toughest job in America, become cops. That's a pretty pretty spicy tweet right yeah, there. That was mostly directed at LeBron James too, I think. But yeah, I mean, Colby, the one thing I will say about him is... I didn't tell Lauren this beforehand, but he is, first of all, Megatrain all the way. You might have seen him on Candace Owens' show. He's been to the White House. Uh, he's met President Trump. Uh, in fact, Trump Jr. goes to see him fight. Like that, He's really in there. But he also plays heel a lot. And this is part of his his whole, which is like he, he likes being the bad guy. Oh. He likes people to root against him because he still makes money when they go see him fight. And then he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's part of a personality. I don't know how authentic it is. I think that he is... Definitely of the of the conservative nature, but I don't know if, uh, you know, some of the MAGA stuff is definitely over the top. That's all. The UFC as a whole, you said that it was individual fighters, but I think that I saw a video a few months ago called Commander in Chief, and it was actually about Donald Trump by the UFC, and they were very pro-Trump. 
But and wasn't, hang on, but wasn't that because historically Trump has supported yes. the UFC like as a entertainer and like business owner, not necessarily because of his policies? Yeah, well, it's both. Dana White spoke at the last Republican National um, Convention as mm-hmm. well. Um, and he is friends, personal friends with uh, President Trump. Um, but Donald Trump was one of the first, I think it was a Trump hotel that was one of the first venues for MMA in North America when it was very hard to get um, athletic bodies to sanction the fights. Um, So I know that this is very interesting for everybody uh, speaking, given a history of MMA, but ultimately, yeah, this MMA, UFC in particular, um, came out openly as pro-Trump and everybody was mad at Dana White for this speech that we're about to play now. Hey, everyone. I am Dana White, the president of the UFC. Many of you know who I am, what I do, and that I am friends with the president. I spoke at this convention four years ago, and I'm back because I believe we need President Trump's leadership now more than ever. Before the pandemic, President Trump built the greatest economy in our nation's history and created opportunities for all Americans like no one before him. Financial markets hit all-time highs, unemployment was at an all-time low, and we weren't facing the lawless destruction that now is occurring in a few of our great cities. It blows my mind how quickly some of the leadership in this country has forgotten the critical role first responders play in our society. Police departments and other law enforcement, even some fire departments, have faced opposition from many in this country but they are always the people who are asked to step up when things are at their worst and put themselves at risk. That has certainly been the case during this ongoing pandemic. Come on, America, defunding these vital positions is not the answer. So I was not familiar with Dana White before this, but he is, I guess, the former owner, president of the UFC. Um, But he just starts at 100 intensity and just goes from there. I mean, yeah. it, apparently he's like a fight promoter, so that's his shtick. But yeah, I mean, I, I felt like he was yelling at me to like Trump more, but I already like him a lot. So I was like, I don't know. Well, I feel like he normally doesn't do. give speeches. He's not normally that, that like brutish in, in the way that he delivers, uh, like just a, like a Q&A sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, he came out he came out like that. But that's kind of the way Dana does business. And he's kind of like that Trump-esque businessman of like, you know, um, very brash, at least very mm-hmm. brash. So uh, you know, he's definitely an avid Trump supporter. He's one of the guys that uh, Trump goes to. Actually, the UFC was the first sports uh, venue to open up post-COVID. So he definitely has appreciated a lot of the support from the president. And it comes across in some message, but not many people were happy with that. Yeah, and it's it's too bad because I, I feel like we're kind of in this lose-lose situation as people who are on the right or remotely conservative. I would love for things to not be political. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day... If you don't say something, then you're just going to get steamrolled by leftists who are very vocal. But if you do say something, then you're going to be demonized. It's a tough thing because, you know, the left is telling themselves the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. right? They're like, well, they control the White House. There's systems of oppression. We have to speak up. It's just weird how our our two worlds seem so disconnected. Both, both, Both groups think we have to use our platforms to speak out. We're in dire situations. To me, it seems obvious where the power is just based on the social stigma and who's allowed to speak and who isn't allowed to speak. Um, but that's obviously not so evident to the left. And the backlash that, that uh, the UFC got for this, um, at least on Twitter that we saw Dana White was trending, um, is evidence of that. Now, to me, it's, this is one of those things where it's like um, there was a lot to boycott the UFC. There was a lot to boycott the NHL, actually, because they were a day late to support the, the boycott. Um, do 
Do you think that these boycotts actually manifest into any meaningful change in viewership? Either way, if they did the, the thing or didn't, or do you think they're, they're I mean, fans? I, I've, I've heard people say that they're fed up with politics and sports, even with things like the NFL, the kneeling, they're not going to watch. And I think we, I think there has been some manifestation of that in views with stuff like the WNBA or women's soccer. I mean, it's hard to tell if there was a decrease from like, I don't know, five to three, perhaps. <laughs> but overall, I think this is just the new reality of what we're living with. And I think it's only going to get worse if... Trump wins a second term. Actually, regardless, I think it's just going to get worse. But uh, next up, let us talk about Trevor Noah. So he is, of course, the new host of The Daily Show. He is South African. He is unfunny, in my humble opinion. We have a video of his that he put out in response to the whole Jacob Blake and now Kyle Rittenhouse situation. We're going to be responding to that. But first, I want to tell you all about our sponsor, NetSuite. So America is finally ready to get back to work. But to win in the new economy, you need every single advantage to succeed. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you'll have visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more everything you need all in one place. So whether you're doing thousands or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every single penny with precision and considering how the economy is going right now, being smart with your money just makes sense. You'll have the agility to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. So join the over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. And NetSuite has surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. Receive your free guide, Seven Actions, businesses need to take now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash lauren again get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash lauren that is netsuite.com slash lauren all right so here we have this video from trevor noah and it was released i think gosh the 26th so there are some things that he says here that aren't necessarily up-to-date news but considering that he hasn't released any sort of retraction or clarification or update to his viewers i'm going to assume that this is still his opinion. So he starts off by reacting to the original footage of Jacob Blake that was released. No matter how many times I watch these videos, I'll never get used to how quickly police go from issuing commands to using deadly force. Like whatever happened to warning shots or tackling a suspect? Like, are we really meant to believe that the only two options a cop has is do nothing or shoot somebody in the back seven times? That's all we have. Hopefully you folks have seen the episode we did specifically about the Kenosha riots and things like that. There is footage out there, a second angle of the incident that shows mm -hmm. that before Jacob Blake was walking around the car to reach into his vehicle and was shot, um, cops had actually tased and tackled him. And the reason why he got up was because he pulled a knife out on them. Yeah, I mean, to me, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I think that cops, I see this happen, like this isn't the only video I've seen this happen in, but cops, I would like to see them be a little bit better trained in grappling, personally, yeah. because I I've agree. seen this happen a lot where where the, the, the man being tackled, if he chooses to resist, is effectively able to get up. Actually, we saw that recently in that shooting at Wendy's, I forget the gentleman's name, who, who, but who grabbed a taser, mm -hmm. if you recall. Um, he also was one that escaped uh, two cops, in fact. Um, yeah. So I would like to see cops be a little bit better at controlling uh, a man when uh, he might be resisting. He's arrest, resisting. Yeah. I would like to see them be better trained in that. I do think it's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, when a knife comes out, the game changes quite mm -hmm. a bit. 
uh, and I'm 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 really not claiming to be an expert there or talk like uh, you know be too patronizing, but ideally he shouldn't be able to grab that knife right right if he if he's down you should have full control over where his his hands are and things like that i agree but then that kind of leads us into a discussion like right now there's this push for things like more females on yes. police forces and of course you can't expect a woman i don't care how well trained you are uh to be able to grapple and wrestle with you know a 300 pound dude perhaps so i mean that's or, a, so, or someone that's drugged up you know, exactly, and, and that has that basalt strength, something like that. So, I mean, that's this whole other conversation. But I, I thought this was kind of it. Got, it illustrates how a lot of times in media, and I've been guilty of this too. We're so quick to react without knowing what the actual facts are. He's saying, "Why wasn't there warning? Why didn't you try to tackle him? What was your first instinct to shoot and kill?" No, that is not what happened. And mm. so many of these times when we have these videos of police officers, um, you know apparently brutalizing suspects once there's more information a lot of the times not always sometimes cops are in the wrong but a lot of times there is actual proof that oh they were yeah. resisting there was a struggle beforehand and it just seems like trevor noah was not interested in waiting for the facts or learning the the full story yeah and i find this one particularly sad because you know if you are right now a black criminal a black male criminal and you want to resist arrest um, and fight a cop, you could do it no matter what. Because this is a situation that when you look at the background information as to what he was doing, mm -hmm. he was um, harassing, allegedly allegedly harassing sexually and holding a key back from a, a woman, right. a woman of color probably too. Yeah, I don't actually, know I think it was. This. Um, and then he gets tackled and is reaching for a weapon as it was confirmed uh, either uh, yesterday, I guess at the time of this. Yeah. Um, he still is getting literal riots in his name. Right. You know, he did everything wrong. He was a criminal that was resisting arrest. It was a very clear situation. Yeah, he had an arrest warrant out for him. And I, I in our video, I mentioned he had an arrest warrant out for him. And I had mm -hmm. people saying, well, that doesn't justify the police shooting him. And it's like, no, but I mentioned that because the police were out for him specifically. He wasn't mm -hmm. some random bystander the cops just wanted to pick on. They were going call for him specifically. He resisted arrest. They tackled him. He fought back. He had a knife. He ignored orders to stop, went around and was reaching for a another weapon like this was he was in the wrong here and i've when we released that video i heard people saying oh well seven shots in the back is too much when police have someone who they are fearful of that they think might endanger their lives they're trained to drop them then so i think we have to be careful to not place undue burden on police officers who are in fear of their lives yeah. if a suspect is reaching for a gun and you shoot them once, but they're not dead, there's nothing that says that they're not gonna shoot you back, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how much risk should police officers have to take with their own lives when they're subduing a violent suspect? Yeah, It's it, a hard conversation. It, it is, and, and I think that being a police officer in America is probably harder than being a, a police officer in any other first world country, at least. I would say so. Because, I mean, listen, the Second Amendment is great, but the reality is there are more guns in America than people. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a situation when someone is reaching into their vehicle and they're resisting arrest at the same time, you're in a very, very precarious situation as a police officer. Right. And you, as the person being arrested, uh, you... You can't do that yeah. because you're forcing them to make some very drastic assumptions. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this time and time again. I mean, conservatives always say this. I, I live in Canada where we don't have guns. And 
I keep my hands on the steering wheel when I get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Yeah. It is what it is. Like I'm I'm not messing around. I don't there's there's no real threat, probably, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna entice the situation when the man has a gun and you he know, doesn't know what's happen, going right. on, right. I mean think about it. Even when wild animals are loose on the streets, they don't always shoot to kill. They have tranquilizers, they have nets. I never thought I would wish for black people to be treated at least like a wild bear, but here we are. This I just thought was super dishonest, very bad yes. faith. Because again, I mean, he was, they were trying to arrest him. They tased him. They tackled him. He had a knife on them. Um, usually wild animals, you don't have to worry about them stabbing you, about them pulling out a gun. So I thought this was just a, a very divisive, very exaggerated thing to say. And like, who... Who are you helping by saying stuff like that? You're feeding your base. You're feeding into the narrative that no police treat black people worse than animals. It's like there's n this the exact story you're talking about doesn't even support this. Yeah, no, I agree. I also want to send a lighter note, though. At the same time, people have placed a lot more value in animal lives in the recent years mm -hmm. than than historically. <laughs> Some people will value the animal's life over any human's life. I've seen I've seen people like that that would prefer in a questionnaire a starving child over the idea of a starving puppy. So to me, it's like, I would like to be treated as well as some animals. <laughs> a jelly bean here gets the immaculate treatment. So I don't know, the argument for many reasons, in addition to just being completely hyperbolic and false and inflammatory, uh, inflammatory race yeah. baiting, let's be honest, that's what it is, uh, you know, still there are animals out there that I'm like, you know, I would like some of that, please. <laughs> and I know people are questioning why Blake didn't just follow the police's orders. Just listen to the cops and you'll be fine. And look, I don't know why he didn't. I don't, all right? Maybe he was worried because he had outstanding warrants. Maybe it's because he knows what happened to George Floyd when he did follow the police's orders. Maybe he just wanted to get his sunglasses. It doesn't matter to the police because they jumped straight to, this black man is gonna try kill us if we don't kill him first. Okay, so no, the cops did not jump straight to this black man is trying to kill us, right? They did not show up to the scene and think, oh, black man, gotta be careful. They're, they're a dangerous bunch. No, okay, he resisted arrest. He pulled out a weapon, right? He yeah. he got up after being tackled, did not listen to orders. That, so frustrating. I, I could say this till I was blue in the face. He's not gonna hear it. No, and listen, even if even if this guy has sensitive eyes and he was like, guys, just wait up on the arrest. I need to go get my sunglasses in the compartment. It's like, dude, no, yeah. I just, we just went over this. You can't yeah. do that. You can't resist arrest to go get sunglasses in your car or anything in your yeah. car, right? It's, it's ridiculous. Just, it's and bad. even the George Floyd thing, it was like, you know. Yeah, he's just was... resisting arrest because he saw what happened to George Floyd when he tried to comply. Okay, like again there, hey, there is now footage of George Floyd actually resisting arrest. Yeah. Then he was like in the car and he was asked to be brought out. So it's like you're feeding into so many false narratives here. And it's like, as someone whose job it is explicitly to talk about the news, boggles my mind that you so you know so little about the news <laughs> like honestly then next up noah decides to cover the whole kyle rittenhouse development and that of course is the person the teenager who was open carrying in the kenosha riots and who ended up killing two different people and then injuring a third there's this ongoing debate over whether it was self-defense or he was just some crazy white supremacist far right uh, terrorist domestic shooter. In my opinion, from what I've seen, it does look like this was self-defense, although it was a little bit, uh, he seemed a little bit over eager to insert himself into the situation, yeah. but here is what Trevor Noah had to say about it. That's right, last night, some guy decided to drive to Kenosha with his militia buddies to protect a business. 
and apparently ended up shooting three people and killing two. But don't worry, the business is okay. And let me tell you something. No one drives into a city with guns because they love someone else's business that much. That's some bull No one has ever thought, oh, it's my solemn duty to pick up a rifle and protect that TJ Maxx. They do it because they're hoping to shoot someone. This really upset me. And mm. this type of rhetoric of how dare you place uh, more importance on someone's property, like just a business than an actual person's life. Um, this is how you know that you are dealing with someone who, if not being an outright communist, has communist sympathies. And no, I'm not over-exaggerating. Um, you have a right to defend your property. You do, you have a right. That is your God-given right. It's not a constitutional right that is just kind of given to you by a piece of paper. It's that as well, but no, just innately as a person, you have the right to protect your property. If someone is killed, trying to steal, damage, or whatever your property, it is not you who placed more value on the property than that person's life. It is that person who placed more value on your property than their life because they are the one who aggressed upon you and your property. They are the one that escalated the situation. Like the person who is merely defending themselves or their property, they are not the one that started the confrontation. And I've, I've seen so many like Marxists on Twitter saying, how you care more about this business than you do this person's life? Like, no. No, it's this person, the person who thought it was a good idea and who thought they had the right to steal or loot or destroy whatever. They're the one who made this this moral choice. Choice. It's not the the person who's simply defending themselves. Uh, so that that was frustrating, but also. In regard to this Kyle person, a lot of people are calling him a vigilante. And you know what? As a 17-year-old, I don't think he should have been out on those streets. Uh, I think, you know, that's really young. And, yeah. you know, you don't you want to be careful to not escalate any type of confrontation or violence or anything like that. But I also want to say, like, for all of the people who are condemning that kid really, really harshly, he is a 17-year-old. The adults in the situation, they're the ones who actually, I think carry most of the blame, right? The people who are out rioting, the people who have told police to stand down. I mean, I can understand being well, a 17 year old and seeing all this happen and thinking, why can't I do something? Yeah, no, I agree. And and probably he and his militia friends probably have good intentions in terms of defending freedoms and property rights mm -hmm. of Americans. They probably have some kind of idealism towards that. Um, in terms of responsibility of adults, I might say that his parents probably should not oh, yeah. be letting a, a, a I would child agree. Out I would agree with that. With a gun in a riot. I don't care what his intentions are. My my child will not be in that situation. I agree with that. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I I am sometimes very hesitant with people that are over eager to brandish firearms that mm -hmm. I find um if you've watched the show, I find it um disconcerting just because um you create a lethal situation immediately. Um, but unfortunately it is just the reality of, of America. It is, it is the reality. People have guns and that is the only way that you can defend yourself. Right. And, and actually in regard to this Kyle person, now there's footage out saying or showing that he may have not been the first person to shoot. No. Well, you saw that in, in the footage, you could see that one of the men that, um, when he fell in the second sort of altercation, when he was being chased by the mob and he fell, one of the men that attacked him and he had shot a pistol, in the arm, yeah, had had a pistol a block, in his arm and in fact yeah. got shot through the arm that was holding the pistol and he which, was trying to bring it around which may have yeah exactly that may have been a saving grace for kyle's life yeah. um a clear instance of self-defense in that in that circumstance for yeah. sure um but i mean overall i i just i wouldn't be too harsh on the people who are out there who are trying to 
protect people's property. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we had some sort of specially designated force that was specially trained in order in how to handle these situations and who had the actual authority to be there? Yeah. Ideally, yes, but apparently we're trying to defund those people. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm not a fan of vigilantism. I'm not a fan of escalating things. Uh, you know, if that were my kid, I'd be like, stay home. But like in general, it's going to be really hard to keep telling people no, stay home when they see their neighborhoods being burned down, when they see all of this craziness happening. Someone, I mean, people out there, they're going to get tired of it and they're going to try to take things into their own hands. And it's just, yeah. if, if we don't shut things down, we're going to keep seeing more of it. Well, if the cops don't defend the property, then, yeah. you know, naturally there is no other choice. I'm not even condoning vigilante sort of stuff, but, it, but you know, that is what will happen for yeah. sure. And, you know, in that circumstance, it, it does make sense to me to some degree that you just take up arms and try to defend what is yours or your neighbor's even. Mm -hmm. um, but I do find it sad. I do. Of course. I would like to see the cops doing this. The, the, the state should have a monopoly of violence. That's mm -hmm. the way I see it. I guess it's not the American way, I guess, because the citizens have a lot of uh, things. But that is what makes a state a state. Um, I, I just wish that, you know, there are, there are instances of police brutality that make it difficult. But to me, w when there's a riot like this, I'm perfectly fine with the police being fairly draconian. Yeah. Like at a certain level, you need to have mass arrests. Right. There needs to be real consequences for these rioters in order to stop this civil unrest. Mm -hmm. And the cops are hamstrung right now, I guess, for a variety of reasons. And that forces people like this to some... I mean, I don't want to lay the entire... Like he's got no agency to not put himself there. But... This is what will happen, definitely. It really made me wonder why some people get shot seven times in the back, while other people are treated like human beings and reasoned with and taken into custody with no bullets in their bodies. How come Jacob Blake was seen as a deadly threat for a theoretical gun that he might have and might try to commit a crime with, but this gunman who was armed and had already shot people who had shown that he is a threat was arrested the next day. So, I mean, we're just making stuff up now, yeah. I guess. Uh, again, Jacob Blake, he had a knife. He was resisting arrest. Kyle Rittenhouse, even if you don't believe he acted in self-defense, he was not shooting at the cops, right? He was not resisting arrest. Um, he approached the cops with his hands in the air, yeah. clearly. Um, he walked right, he told them that there was a shooting. In fact, after the first event, he actually called the cops Right. Um, and, and alerted them uh, via 911 that there was uh, a shooting. Um, so he did just about everything right except for uh, legally going home. That mm -hmm. was, that was, that is he the problem. Have he that. will have yeah. issues with that, especially just because his home happened to be across a state border. Yeah. Which, and people keep bringing that up, but I think it's like 20 minutes away or something. It, you yeah. Know. Well, it's Wisconsin and Illinois, right? right? And they're, they're, they're bordering states. They're very close. I believe that his house is something now either 15 or 30 miles away. It's very, very close. Right. Um, if you're a 17 year old and the cops walk by you like they did to go and investigate the situation, you might not know what to do, but it is still your legal obligation to know what the law is, I guess. Right. Especially so, if you're planning on inserting yourself in a situation like yeah. that. Um, but I, I just thought that this was such a gross way to feed and really exacerbate division by Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah. You're kind of concocting this narrative that says white people can walk around and shoot people with impunity and face zero consequences. They're, they're going to be allowed to go home. Whereas if you're just a black guy who wants to reach into a car, cops going to pop out 
out of nowhere and shoot you in the back seven times. I mean, if you know nothing of the case aside from what Trevor Noah tells you, that may actually be the takeaway that you have. And it's just simply, it's not true. And I know I've even had this conversation with my father. He was like, yeah, can you believe that? The cops? And I was like, well, actually, look at this footage. Actually, listen to the 911 call that was the reason the cops were there in the first place. And there's so often more to the story than what the left-wing media tells you. And I guess that would be the, the main takeaway from this segment. But moving on, a lot of you probably were not aware of this, but this past week was actually uh, Women's Equality Day. And I think it was to mark the anniversary of the 19th Amendment and women getting the right to vote, which is, you know, cool thing. Yay, uh, universal suffrage, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it seems from what I saw online that this has also become a way for brands to not just signal their support for good job, women, you can b- vote, but now all of these other feminist issues. Example of this, Ben & Jerry's notoriously woke company. They re- released a post saying, today is hashtag women's equality day, but we'd have a whole lot more to celebrate if women in the US didn't lose a combined total of almost $1 trillion every year due to the gender pay gap. Uh, the monolith that is women entirely. Yeah. Right. And I love how they're framing it now. Women lose out. Like yes. you're a woman, you are losing money. Men are stealing money from you every year like that's such a weird way to phrase it one thing that i like about these uh, these like marxist kind of like uh, proportionality kind of things right where it's like 50 percent of women we you know we need to make 50 percent of the overall income of the country yeah is it's like once the numbers go the other the, way the other way they don't care right it's yeah. like the nba we just talked about earlier it's like blacks are really overrepresented in mm-hmm. the nba um you don't see many Mexicans in there because their average height is lower, yeah. right? Something like that. But there's no there push for more classes. white people. Yeah, yeah, there's no push for more white people that win men, which have for years now had a lesser graduation rate in post-secondary education. You'll hear nothing about it, right? Right, and there's a whole bunch of metrics that you could visit, like in addition to things that the MRA might complain about, uh, MRA activists, um, men's like, right activists, activists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. ATM machine. Yeah. Um, that they complain about like divorce rates, right. things like that, suicide rates, all these things. They don't care about these things when they're disproportionately not impacting the groups that they are concerned with. Yeah. And I think it goes to show that this isn't about equality for a lot of the feminist activists who are around today. It's it's about power, right? Yeah. That's why they don't say anything when women are overrepresented in a nice, cushy field like teaching or nursing. They're fine with that. They're yeah. happy with that. That's why they aren't out there pushing to get more women into roles like, I don't know, welding or hard labor, or they're not out there trying to uh, balance out the workplace death gap. Yeah, That's not a thing. It's a boomer argument, but like the garbage men argument yeah. is like, the, you know, I've never heard once. Garbage men get paid actually fairly well considering mm-hmm. like the skill level for the labor. But you'll never hear any complaints about, well, we don't have enough women garbage men. Yeah. Again, it's because they're not concerned with equality. It's about power. And we also have this tweet from Twitter together. This hashtag Women's Equality Day, let's remember to trust women. Just in general. Just trust women. Trust women. Yeah. Uplift women. Accept women. Believe women. <laughs> Support women. Respect women. Fight for women. Listen to women. Stand with women. There's this concerning trend in our culture to associate women an entire gender with morality i love it like with the moral good isn't also like in some ways some of that message deeply like chauvinistic oh absolutely like uh and you know 
to some degree, I don't mind chauvinism, <laughs> but you know, like I'll hold the door open, but yeah. so, you, you might get a dirty look from a pink haired one, but you know, you still do it. But yeah, yeah that, that stuff like fight for women. It's like, what does that mean? You know, believe women well, it's because they're morally perfect. Yeah. I don't understand. Support women. I mean, there's this one quote from George R. R. Martin that I really love. And he was being asked about how he's able to write women characters so well. And he says something along the lines of, well, you know, I've always believed that women are people. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, but it's it's such a true concept that I feel like the far left forgets. Women are people who, um, just like men, experience the full spectrum of human morality. Some are good, some are bad, some lie, whatever. When you say stuff like believe women, support women, blah, 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 like you're not asking to treat women equally because you would never say believe men you would never say that you're asking for them to be called like the special class and i just want to say by the way twitter together it's like this verified twitter account that i think is for their diversity initiatives it says hashtag black lives matter on their banner yes. um it links to like twitter's diversity and inclusion report is this the type of company you want being able to control political discourse in your country just an aside that I wanted to make. I I don't, but that is that is how things work now. Next up from Elizabeth Warren, we had this hashtag Women's Equality Day is bittersweet. As our nation faces down a pandemic and economic crisis that's disproportionately impacting women. Okay, that's like just not true though. Like most males, or sorry, most deaths from coronavirus are men. So also I think most men are disproportionately in first responder roles as well. Yeah, well, there will be some kind of stat where it's like, oh, nurses have to work more overtime. Yeah. And it's like, well, all women are slaves, I guess. Like, <laughs> You're you know, right. The problem is there's so much information out there right now. Like this is this goes across everything that we talk about. The Trevor Noah stuff, all the stuff. There's so much information accessible that you can cherry pick and make a plot line. You yeah. know, you can... But you why even try to make it the pandemic uh, gender thing? Like, why? Well, you said it before. It's about yeah. power. That's what, that's what it's about. And they're not going to stop until they have another attempt at communism. Like, that's <laughs> the truth of it. I actually, communism was trending on Twitter the other day. Yeah, unironically, and, I'm sure. Yeah, it's... Uh, Crazy stuff. But yeah. she continues, especially women of color, because you got to get the intersectionality. Of course. Well, well like herself, yes. a woman of color. Exactly. While administration steeped in misogyny and racism looks the other way, we've got work to do. Donna and ma'am, then she says, there's no independence without financial independence. There's no equality without financial equality. Hashtag Women's Equality Day. You're just like asking for money. Like what? Unless I have as much money as you, I'm not equal? I mean, that is what communists believe, but what? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, the first part of it could be libertarian, though, I guess, without financial independence. But... Yeah, the equality stuff again. Equality is a is a loaded word now. Yeah, uh, it, you know it doesn't actually mean equality. By the way, it has it has very little. To they do care with about that. equity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then just to mix things up, I have what is actually a nice post. Terry Irwin, Steve Irwin's wife. Steve was always an awesome advocate. Hashtag Women's Equality Day. And there's him with a. They're crocodiles, not alligators. Uh, well, I can't tell from here, but they're probably crocodiles. Yeah. Those so ones. It's like, there's him with a crocodile, and then her with a crocodile. I just thought that was nice. You know. Yeah, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. He was a good man. Uh, okay, and then what was really interesting online was seeing the 
I guess, division between how Western feminists talked about Women's Equality Day and, uh, you know, feminists in developing countries talked about Women's Equality Day. So here we have this post by Lambda Legal. Hashtag Women's Equality Day is a perfect day to remember that trans women are women, abortion is essential healthcare, as is assisted reproduction, as is birth control, uh, okay, lesbians are powerful, mm. bisexual and queer women are valid, LGBTQ parents deserve equal parental rights. Along with the payday when you have stuff, or sorry, along with the pay gap when you have the stuff about abortion you're kind of painting a very very first world vision of what women's problems are nowadays which is actually kind of a good thing because it goes to show how far we've come but when you look at the feminists in places like india who are tweeting tweeting about national women's equality day it really it illustrates i think how Western feminists have lost the plot, right? So here's this post. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name because unfortunately I would butcher it. So sorry. But it says, hashtag Women's Equality Day. Millions have pledged not to kill unborn girl child. Motivational source by this other user. And there's an infographic saying, Women's Equality Day to promote gender-based equality. Millions have pledged to not kill their unborn daughters. And I think there's yeah. some They have laws around that. I've, I've read studies on that. I, I've done work on that. And yeah, they have laws actually about like doctors in certain areas in the country, particularly rural areas, and they right. can't disclose the sex, but they'll still get around it by saying, oh, you guys should celebrate, you know, yeah. but things like that, because if they have a girl, uh, they're very likely to abort it because they work on a dowry system. And there's a whole bunch of reasons around it. Right. Um, and it was actually a similar thing when, um, especially when China had the one child policy. Yes. A lot of Chinese girl babies, I mean, the ones that weren't end up just abandoned, they were aborted before they were even born because, you know, Chinese girl baby is not going to carry on the family name, you know, be less likely to be able to take care of the parents and things like that. And it's actually, it's a real problem in a lot of developing countries. Yeah, of course. Uh, there are other problems that end up down the line, like, you know, men not having enough women, yeah. first of all. And uh, What do you mean have women, Liam? Having access to marital partners, I guess, is probably, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm kidding, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the point is, I mean, it would suck to be a man in a situation like that where it's like... There's literally there's no like, women. Yeah, you're competing for, like, a very small... Like, you maybe got, like, a half chance of getting married. In fact... In that area in India I was talking about, I remember this now, it just came to me. They have what's called, um, sometimes they have, I forget the exact term, but it has, it has the word fraternal in it. And you might, your eyes like widened a little bit as you might have understood that it has to do with two brothers having a wife that they share, oh. like as a family. Um, so... Yeah, that's like, actually, you could just abort me in that yeah, there's Yeah, there's definitely problems toward doing that, but... I thought it was striking because here we have these Western feminists who are complaining about things like an imaginary pay gap, trans women are women, and then you look over to India and the feminists are literally like, please don't abort us. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. don't murder us before we're even born. And actually the whole sex-based abortion thing, that's not really an issue I've heard pro-choice people touch on very much. Because if you are someone who believes that, oh, it's just a bunch of a clump of cells, it's not a person, well, then there's no reason to not abort this girl clump of cells even though the idea of it just being a clump of cells but also having a sex is kind of i don't know how they would reconcile that but yeah i think there is maybe a uh, a disconnect in being able to say something like it's wrong to limit abortions in any way but also don't abort your girl babies that's that's yeah that's a very good point this might this feminist stands of saying don't abort female babies 
might be incongruent with modern day feminism. Right, exactly. Because like, you could abort whatever you want for whatever reason you want. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's not even a girl, right? Right. Yeah, Clump so. of cells. Um, but yeah, wow. I I hope wherever you are, you passed a good National Women's Equality Day. I don't know. I don't think there's... I know there's International Women's Day and International Men's Day. I don't think there's um, National Men's Equality Day, though. I don't think that's a thing that has both genders represented. So... Mm. I'm sure some MRIs are going to get onto that, but I think that's pretty much all we have to say for now. Uh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, we definitely butchered that second segment earlier. Hopefully that turns out okay in post. Uh, we hope you enjoy sports talk. I told talk. you you'd have to lead that. <laughs> I told you you'd have to lead. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Take care.